1: You're listening to a podcast from The Word.
0: I don't know if you've ever noticed it when you've been to my house, um, but in the window that you're looking at at the front, when you stand at the front door, there's, uh, there's a little figure of the Queen, which was originally bought by one of the kids. I can't remember you know, how many years ago, quite a number of years ago. And it was a kind of uh, you know, cliche uh, figure of, uh, of the Queen bought at the kind of gift shop. She
3: was solar that. powered, and, isn't it?
0: Well, and that's the thing. She, you know, she was this this, this lady in kind of um, stout tweeds and so forth, uh, with a distinctive hairstyle, uh, carrying a large handbag, and inside the handbag was a kind of cell which would respond to the sun's rays. And so the idea of this figure was that you'd you know you get sufficient solar power to power this uh, figure in doing the only thing that it was required to do, which was to wave with one of its hands. And so the kid's got this as eh, a bit of a joke, it's a bit of an affectionate joke, you know. Give this to mum and dad, and so this ended up in the front window, which is where it got the most sun. And, you know, the postman would comment upon it, the milkman would comment upon it, you know. And we've had this for so long, you know, eventually people we met down the road go, oh, you're the people with the finger of the queen. With the waving queen. And it's only a tiny thing, you know. It's not enormous. It wouldn't draw your attention across the street, you know. But anyway, we've had it for so long that at one stage, it, the, the kind of battery ran down. I think we got it replaced, you know what I mean? Because we felt we had to have it. We had, certainly had it for longer than 10 years. You know, probably probably getting on for 20, one way or another. And over the last few years, a couple of years, I've said, I've said to Alison from time to time, we're going to have to take that down. Yeah, what
3: are we going to do when? Because
0: one day, one day, She won't be there. And what are you going to do? Are you going to take it down that day or the day after? Or are you going to leave it there? You know, I felt that we ought to sort of anticipate
3: it. So in light of yesterday's events, we're recording this on the phone, what's your decision?
0: Well, I think there is no decision. I mean, you know, Alice and I have barely had time to talk about it because we're not going to have a serious summit meeting about it at all. But it's just a really odd thing because it's a kind of jokey representation of the fact that she and I, like you, uh, have never known a world without the, without the Queen, no, you no. know. she's just, you know, it, it, I was talking to somebody about it, about it yesterday and I said, well, actually, in a sense, it's the most significant event of my lifetime.
3: It's unique. It, there is, is no precedent. It's interesting precedent how even or, people who seem to be uh, weren't remotely monarchists. In fact, were possibly anti uh, the monarchy. Even they, uh, friends of mine, have been suggesting that they too are somewhat moved by this because they didn't realise what an extraordinarily strong emotional bond that's been one of the constant presence in our entire life.
0: But it's the idea of the constant presence, and it also. You know, because I, I was actually born... I think George the VI was still on the throne when I was born, but he died, you know. He must have died early 52, I think. And, uh, and you know, so she she became the the queen in 62 and coronation in 50, uh, 50, 53. 53 she right? was, the, 50, was the coronation. 50, she became
3: the queen in 52. Yeah.
0: And, uh, you know, and so she's just been this... This symbolic presence, but also, for people like you and me, um, a kind of link with our parents' generation?
3: Completely. Say? that? I really miss... Both my parents have, 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 have passed away. And I was thinking last night, as I'm sure so many people would... How much I'd love to talk to them right now. Talk to absolutely. I that would love to have rung them up and said, oh, the old queen. Absolutely. I got this... My uh, Two of my old sisters were, 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 were texting me last night, and they, they were... Um, my eldest sister, who was born in 1947, so she's what's that make it? She's 75. She can still remember. She can't remember George the Six, but she can remember. She would have been just about five when the door burst open, and I suppose it would have been February '52, and a neighbour came running in and said, "The King is dead." And Array. what an extraordinary moment that! She can still vividly remember that. So she said, "I feel." She said, "I feel really." Quite moved by this whole thing, and when we talk about you know one of the traditions in our house, and maybe lots of others actually, were that on Christmas Day you always had the Queen's speech. Did you used to have that on the telly? Definitely. And that was a really big part of the furniture. You know, you open know, your presents, mean the stockings, and this and the other. Go out and see people, and you had to come back and sort of. And uh, from an early age, I mean, I never used to pay a huge amount of attention, but as it being, being part of the framework of Christmas, it was an incredibly important thing. And I look back at all say, the decades okay. of my life, and there she is in the background. Absolutely. It's extraordinary. And the link to your parents
0: is interesting because you know they they served in. You know, I'm assuming your parents both. Served in the Second World War. Second World, oh yeah, and you know, as did mine, and uh, and grandparents probably First World War and so forth, and so they they um, they were very aware of their relationship with king and country, were they? And then queen and country, and uh, and uh, I wouldn't. My, my dad would pretty much stand up when the national anthem was played, and oh it wasn't, yeah, He wasn't a wildly formal person or anything. And I was thinking about this this morning. You know all this as stuff it used to be played split. in cinemas. Do you remember? That? This is it. This we is it. We used to go to the Empire and all the shop. Not just cinemas. If you went to see the Beatles in 1964, they yeah. were playing the national anthem at the end of it. You yeah. know. and that would go on for quite a lot longer than that. You know, um, and uh, you know there was a kind of formality to life, which was a lot of it related to the royal family. And you know, when we were getting ready to record this this morning, and obviously this only happened yesterday, Alex said, "You know, Alex is away." And Alex said, "What's the mood in London?" And I said, "Well, I've re- I've really no idea, you know, because I I I, had, I was out last night, and then I, I came home, and you know, and and here we are." And uh, but I think what the mood in London is right now is neither here nor there, because what'll happen over the next few weeks, is I think this stuff will just seal over people. You know what I mean? That, 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 that the, the absence of, of, of what had been a presence all through your life is going to only slowly occur to you in, in, in loads and loads
3: of different ways. It, will, it will, but it will because it's so much part of the fabric of our lives, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And, and just absolutely. in terms of the events of the last few days, if you were, if you were born on Tuesday of this week... Then today, in your entire lifetime, you will already have known two prime ministers and two monarchs. Pretty astonishing, isn't it?
0: Yeah. I, I yeah. don't
3: know if you saw any of the broadcast, but I was out lunchtime, so I didn't know anything I got back, and, uh, and my wife Claire said to me, uh, "Look, the, this thing about the Queen, you know. Obviously, I I get the impression she she may have died, you know." So I turned on the TV, and it was one of those great bits of broadcasting, actually, where Nicholas Witchell, the, the rather ghastly, and the very very fantastic Hugh Edwards. God, I think he's brilliant. Hugh Edwards had arrived at the BBC. He hadn't when I first turned it on, but he suddenly appeared in a black suit with a white shirt and a black tie. And all the presenters that uh, appeared or reappeared uh, subsequently all were wearing black clothes. And that's usually a significant indication that something fairly monumental has happened. And I was there at the junction, watching at the junction, which must be about half a six in the evening, when he announced the news, before they went to all the networks, actually. And it was amazing. He said something like, well, here we are. He said something like, awaiting news, uh, either of medical improvement or perhaps the fact that she has failed to survive. And that was the first time anyone had mentioned the idea that this might be, you know, that might be the, the extent of this event. And at that point, there was a break and it cut to him in vision. And he said, we have an announcement from Buckingham Palace uh, that the Queen Elizabeth II has passed away or whatever. And it was an absolutely amazing piece of, piece of um, piece of TV. It was absolutely electrifying. As were various moments, Liz Truss made a, a speech. I mean, a, a really appallingly bad speech, actually, I thought. I mean, just how she can't have found speechwriters to produce something of a of a higher quality uh, and more substance that, I don't know. But she made that speech, and she made that speech live on all four of the channels. I flicked across just to check. BBC One, Two, ITV, BBC and uh, Channel Four, all showing that live. You're thinking, on your second day at work, that's pretty fantastic, isn't it? You've got to make a speech, which is something you're not particularly used to in that, those kind of circumstances, to, to, to all four channels live simultaneously. So it was kind of what? gripping to watch, actually. And then more and more indications. There was a thing about the Eiffel Tower, as in to the Eiffel Tower at midnight last night, turned out all the lights as a mark of respect. That's, that's on an enormous international scale,
0: You it? see, there's You see, the, the other thing, uh, that's what I mean about, about things will only slowly occur to you. It only occurred to me this morning, walking upstairs, carrying a cup of tea. That's the death of the most famous person in the world.
3: I think probably, yeah. It I, is. I, I, I couldn't think. I couldn't think that there was anyone. I, th- there is no equivalent, is there? Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: you know, that famous on a stamp for seventy years. Yeah, you know what I mean. And known internationally, yeah, and recognised internationally, and everyone has there, their is, opinion there about. There is so. no, there is no equivalent uh, of that, you know. And um, then now, going back to your business of the announcement, and um, you know, like uh, uh, when I used to do a <clears throat> radio program on GLR in the nineties. There used to be a box in every BBC studio up and down the country, a box of records, and it used to say on the side of it, music for a solemn occasion. Yeah, yeah. And when you opened it, there would be a bunch of classical records in there and then there would be a memo that would explain what you had to do if there was any indication that this kind of thing was going to happen. And the reason that they had that is that the previous death... Of a sovereign had been 1952. And in 1952, there were only three radio stations. There was the Home Service, the Light program, and the Third and the Third Program. That's that's what there was. So the BBC could easily control the you know communication of any kind of message of national importance. Subsequently, you had millions of millions, increase in proliferation of outlets. And therefore, the BBC was haunted by, by the idea that somebody on BBC Radio Leicester might go off the reservation and, you know, announce something before it had happened, which would be terribly embarrassing. And so the, the, the arrangement was always, you do not announce this ever. This goes to a central point. That's right. And we all go over to, to all channels The Director General decides, you know, yeah. and it's Hugh, Hugh Ebers or it's whoever it is. Whereas, in fact, Hugh
3: Ebers yeah. did announce it on BBC One before the official announcement. It's quite interesting, really. But
0: go on. Yeah. Well, uh, OK. But he probably... okay maybe Seconds may not before. The actual formal words. But, uh, you know, that... They, they then, in the 90s, they expected that had to happen in the case of the death of the Queen Mother. But, of course, Diana died before... And so you know all those. Yeah, they comics, used but, uh, all
3: that that things. format, didn't they? Was just immediately yeah. applied to her thing.
0: And yeah. Actually,
3: I, t- I turned on Radio Two this morning just to check, and sure enough, sombre but stirring orchestral music. Oh, uh, yeah. all, I, I'm sure all day. It's going to be interesting to see
0: because I mean, it, it, not that I remember George, George the uh, George VI dying, but you know, the theatre's closed. You know, there was barely any TV in 1952, anyway. You know, what I mean? everything was just completely gone into mourning. Whereas, you know, I came on the, home on the tube last night, and you would never have known. Um, anything, well, it's interesting. Uh, I mean,
3: it's, they've cancelled last night of the, pl- uh, the Proms, which uh, to me seems absolutely sort of. I mean, obviously, it's the BBC, and the BBC is super, super conscious of, of, of doing the right thing. But I mean, last night the Proms—the one event that I, that I would have thought that well, would really, except really as, kind
0: of. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe. When is it? Is it supposed to be this weekend? It yeah, I think it's either tonight, it, Friday, or oh, it? maybe it's Saturday. Oh, Maybe it is. It's almost yeah. on a Saturday night. There's supposed to be a meeting this morning to decide whether Premier League football. Uh, yeah, and the cricket all along. just go along, go ahead, and, you know, there's going to be some sort of period of mourning, and uh, I don't know when the date of the funeral is. And, been some lovely yeah, things written, though. It's the things. first state funeral since Churchill. That's right, is it? That's right. The times? I,
3: do you remember Churchill's view? I remember Churchill's view really vividly. At school, we all stopped because I mean, unless I've got this completely wrong, I got it, had a day head off. Head, It was about eleven thirty in the morning, and I can just remember we came and watched and We had black and white television, so I can remember that the, the Union Jack didn't really look like a Union Jack. But I can still remember the coffin with the flag over. I remember the whole thing, the whole the school, all we all watched it. And we thought we were very thrilled. Actually, it was just great to not be oh, doing, we thought uh, it was double Im- geography, Im- you know,
0: immensely it was exciting, really um, good.
3: Um, it was a lovely thing by... Uh, just so many nice things written. A lovely thing by Helen Lewis in The Atlantic. Talking about how old she was. She's really, she said he was, she was six weeks older than Marilyn Monroe, three years older than Anne Frank, nine years older than Elvis Presley, all figures from an unreachable past. She was older yeah. than nylon, scotch tape and The Hobbit. It's really interesting, isn't it? Because that's, yeah. you know, 90, it's, how old was she? 96 years? It's a 96. Yeah, 96. some great so, friends of her with David Attenborough, too, who are exactly the same age.
0: Oh, really?
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: It's, it's the symbolic side. You know, going back to my little figurine in the front window, it's, it's the idea that she, is, she was something that, you know, not even Paul McCartney is, and not even David Attenborough is, which was a symbol as well as a person. Yeah, Actually, the symbol more important than the person. You know, the symbol in the shape of, you know, not this grand regal figure or anything like that, yeah. not Henry VIII, not George III, not Victoria. The symbol of the monarchy was this this little woman, <laughs> you know, wearing a barber <laughs> with a large handbag, you yeah. know, going round places. A horsey headscarf. <laughs> yeah. A horsey headscarf. And I always us used to think the great thing about the Queen and the, the thing that kept her and, and, and we of course we call her the Queen, the Americans call her Queen Elizabeth as if there are as if there's another one, you yeah. know. We just think the Queen. Um was the fact that she managed to look magnificently, heroically bored in everything she was doing. And I, I, I really liked that about her. That she never she treated abs absolutely every occasion, whether it was the derby, which she probably won't really wanted to be at, or opening some kind of well, I public lavatory.
3: I think that was a I think that was a deliberate thing. Because it is. I, was, I was watching Giles Brandreth last night, who's really good really good speaker. Oh, really, he's just really. incredible because he, everything he he does is wrapped up with some kind of really warm human anecdote. He tells stories. He doesn't just have conjecture and opinion and he was talking about going to the theatre uh, with um, with the queen who he obviously seems to know quite well and princeford and they're watching they had to watch about it was a kind of variety show and i think there were about 10 or 12 acts and he said that she clapped for exactly the same length of time for each act And she'd occasionally give him a sideways look, which indicated what her, her feelings might be about that particular act, either enthusiastic or otherwise. But she felt it was... She actually said to him, she felt it would be wrong to give any impression that she liked one act more than another. So that idea of looking heroically bored... Uh I, I think is exactly the same concept. It, you, it is. You know, I mean that's why there are clips of her at the race, he's going completely mental when one of her horse. Yeah, goes. And then of course it. then people twist that into kind of that's all she cares about. She only gets excited about horse racing and everything else is that. No, that's not true. She was just being really diplomatic. But you're right but as it, but, a symbol. You know, even if you didn't if you didn't approve of her, you understood that, you know, what she represented was some kind of some kind of kindness and philanthropy and civility and all those things are just immensely valuable. But, all,
0: but also the most important thing she represented by, by virtue of the fact that she lived so long was continuity. Yeah. And that's the thing that's going to be really odd. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the thing that's going to be odd to deal with. I know. That figure is not going to be humming along. Uh, in, in the background, as she has, as she has been all our lives. And yeah, go, go we're back have to sing "God Save Our uh,
3: Gracious King" at
0: some point, which seems extraordinary. I mean, that's that's that weird. weird. That's going to be weird. Already. Send him the stamps, victorious. The stamps are going to have Charles on them. I mean, presumably the from right uh, right now. They must do. Well, presumably this has all been you know, it must be lined up. There's you know there's no doubt people working harder than ever the, the, this weekend. But you know, they going back to your clapping thing, and um that again relates to our parents' generation that um she wasn't going to all those places because she wanted to go. She was going because it was her duty. And duty consists of doing loads of things you don't terribly want to do yeah. and and just doing them the same way as if you did want to do them yeah and that's that's something our parents generation never questioned for a second you know when they talked about the war you know people have a tendency to talk about uh, was was your dad a hero in the war or whatever or, or was your mother a hero they weren't heroes, they were just, they did what they had, they did their bit as they used to say, didn't they?
3: Absolutely, and never uh, gave any impressions to whether they did that bit in a particularly valiant way or not, you know they rarely talked about it, it was just a job and it happened and it's over.
0: Yeah whereas nowadays you're supposed to you know, you're very much, I was sitting on the tube last night listening, overhearing people's conversations, I think oh, people do talk about themselves an awful lot you know, (laughs) you know they're always everything in their in their personal lives is presented as, as, as a as a triumph of some kind absolutely. You know,
3: or, or a tragedy
0: of some kind. As if we're absolutely fascinated by their lives. And whereas the Queen, you didn't Did you know anything about the Queen? Really? No. <laughs> did you, re- you really Do you really want to know opinions? Not really. it sort of didn't matter. That's oh my favourite fact about the Queen, which I was I, I learnt from a watching a documentary about 10 years ago that, uh, that she never says hello when entering a room and she never said goodbye. When never leaving. says
3: goodbye when leaving it.
0: <laughs> Which I thought, and yeah. that makes perfect sense because if you're, if you're the queen, you walk into a room, you don't have to go, oh, hello, I'm the queen. Yeah. Obviously, you're the queen. The whole notion is a symbol has walked into this room and a symbol is something we all recognise and and therefore it would be ill mannered of the, of the symbol at the end to say i'm now living the room. <laughs> you know what i mean uh you you just do it you just kind of materialize and then you ooze in and you ooze out that's kind of your job um but it's going to take um it's going to take some getting used to and um i was thinking about helen mirren when she said that um uh, how did you play the queen in... um the Queen, wasn't it? Yeah. The film. And she said, I imagined her, she looks at the world through a pair of binoculars which turn the other way around. <laughs> so, Very good. So the world is there, but it's a long way away.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was... I used that to was a love really... that thing that they used to say about the Queen, that she she must think the whole world smells of fresh paint.
0: Yeah. these little
3: tiny images that give you some idea of what it'd be like to be... To be her, basically,
0: yeah, yeah, and so you know, she's um, it's going to take some getting used to. Um, it really, and I is. told, I, I actually, Because my my you know, I've told you my story about pers about meeting the queen. you got to tell <laughs> so again because I'm, I'm afraid to say I've told a lot of people that story, and it's brilliant. I'm sorry, I this is probably my last opportunity to tell this story. And I would be, I'd be failing in my duties of posterity if I didn't tell this story, um, because this was not long after we were, we were at Word, and the Word office was in uh, in Islington, and uh, the Obamas were were visiting the UK for I think the first time, and uh, Michelle Obama was due to uh, to visit a girls' school, which is very near our office. And so we were all quite excited, weren't we? We all we went out. and watched the, the little table. fleet of limos no, arriving. That no, we really... wanted... We all stood on the street with a load of, you know, Isl- Islington citizens thinking, we're going to get a glimpse of Michelle Obama. She's a bit of a star. That's very exciting. And, of course, the you know, the, the blacked-out people carriers swept round the street. Nobody saw Michelle Obama at all. They closed the school gates. That's your lot. Well, you know, not long afterwards... One evening in summer, I was crossing St James's. I was going down from, from Green, Green Park into St James's Park. Lovely summer evening. Probably only about half past of six in the evening. And um, I was about to cross the Mall when a policeman nearby just said, just gee, hold on a second, would you mind, sir? So I stood there and I looked up towards the palace. It was quite near the palace. And I saw coming round the Victoria Monument or whatever they call that thing outside the palace, uh, you know, a, a large limousine, a large black kind of black car coming very slowly. And as it got nearer, I realised that's the crest on the top of it. And they only put the crest on the top of it when the Queen is at it. So I'm standing there on my own, apart from the copper, on the mall, summer evening, and slowly comes past this car, in the back of which are the Queen and Prince Philip. And so I'm standing there on my own, and I think, well, you know, I'm a citizen. I paid my taxes.
3: I'm going to wave. You probably didn't even think that consciously. You probably just, it's probably an automatic thing. You just start waving. It's lifted
0: up, I lifted my hand and did that kind of half-hearted wave. And they both looked at me, and they both waved both wave. you got, They both waved. That was a back.
3: personal wave. There was and no I, one thought else around. My,
0: I thought to myself, the American presidency could learn an awful lot from that. Oh, America. absolutely. That if your job is a symbolic head of state, your job is to be seen. And when people wave at you, to wave back. <laughs> you know what I mean? that is, That's your role when it comes down to it. Your role is being there. You know what I mean? Of um, course, she's not there anymore.
3: The Today program. Martha Kearney was out uh, very early this morning. must be about, I don't know, quarter past six or something like that. In the dark, virtually in the rain, outside Buckingham Palace, reading, reading random uh, notes on on the great, great ocean of of kind of. Damp uh, and and fragrant uh, uh, flowers that have been left there, and it's interesting how many people said exactly the same thing. She, said, I saw her once, and she waved at me, you know, and it, you know that's 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 part of you know what's what's kind of made that powerful connection with so many people, don't you think? It's the idea that she's always been on duty and always been, always been, um, you know, uh, you know, yeah, on message.
0: Well, I told, I, 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 dropping a name, I, not long after that, I, I, I interviewed Paul McCartney and I, told, I was talking to Paul McCartney about asking him about this business. You always wave and you always do the thumbs up. And I said the only other person who's done that in my experience is the Queen. Yeah. You know? And uh, I, I, th- I think Paul McCartney kind of is a distant echo of that kind of thing. You know, he's a, bit, he's a living symbol. Well, he's a
3: symbol, and he's, when he meets people, he's got to leave them with just a, a little bit of an uplift,
1: a little bit of a glimmer,
3: doesn't he? And, uh, and that's the best way to do it. Just keep moving and just, uh, you know, a cheery thumbs up.
1: This podcast was brought to you by The Word. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well.